What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's CJ Cup back-to-back weeks in Las Vegas, and we have an unbelievable field. We've got an excellent course with absolutely no history, uh, so we can talk about that process, and it should be a lot of fun. A couple of things here off at the top. Um, Last week, I made an offer to you to fill out a very short survey. Uh, It is linked in the the description. I'm going to do this one more week. Basically, just ask you what site you play on, what type of content you're interested in, and if you have any questions, content ideas, tool ideas, things like that, because I'll be spending the three weeks in between Mayakoba and the tournament of champions, basically redoing everything on the website. So I have a lot of great ideas in mind. I've already started with it. A lot of it will be backend data stuff that you guys won't ever see, but the tools are going to get some significant upgrades. I think you'll really enjoy. And this is your one opportunity uh, to provide some feedback, some thoughts and anything that you want. They may be considered and they're much appreciated Uh, in return for that. I've got a bunch of t-shirts, hats, water bottles, logo golf balls. I've got merch. Uh, So what I've said I will do is I will just randomly pick a bunch of people who have filled out this survey. Again, probably take you like a minute tops, two minutes. Um, It helps you. It helps me. And you can win some merch along the way. Additionally, there are two live streams this week, there is the usual Wednesday live stream CJ Cup preview. That's going to be 3 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. And then there is one on Wednesday morning, 1030 Eastern time, where this is actually going to be, uh, if you've been paying attention, if you've been following along, I've been trying to foster this idea of season-long fantasy golf in a similar way that uh, season-long uh, fantasy football is played with the idea to start a season around the Sony Open. So uh, I've gotten a couple of volunteers. There are 12 of us who are going to run a mock league from this week through Mayakoba. So essentially seven weeks to test everything out, waivers and trading and all that stuff. And I'm going to live stream the live draft. Uh, so that will, we can talk about questions. We can talk about formats for season long fantasy should be a lot of fun. So two different live streams on Wednesday, go to youtube.com slash Rick run good, set a reminder, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're getting, uh, notifications when, when I go live so that you don't miss out on either one of these streams. All right. I think that's it. Let's jump into this week's DFS preview. All right, so this week, CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. That says at Shadow Creek. I will obviously fix that typo. It's at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. And there's a couple of things to point out. Obviously, it's a field of 78. It's a no-cut event this week and next week, similar in that fashion. Um, We have not seen Shadow Creek on the PGA Tour. It's not a regular PGA Tour stop. It's never been used on the PGA Tour. This is an exclusive club. I think you have to be uh, be staying at MGM at one of their resorts, and then I think it's pretty expensive, and you got to do the whole rigmarole. I mean, it's exclusive stuff. Um, Now, you might remember it from... Tiger versus Phil, the first match. This is where they played 18 holes. Then they went to that, you know, par three, like to break the tie. They were hitting off of uh, a mat, I think, from like 90 yards out. It was kind of weird, but this is the course. And uh, a couple things about it. 
because uh, we don't know much about it. But uh, from what we've been able to, what I know about it is, it's not true desert golf. I think a lot of the feedback that you hear about Shadow Creek is that it looks like it might be Midwest golf. It might be Michigan. It might be um, Ohio. It's very lush. It's kind of just dropped right here in the middle of the desert. It might be a little bit jarring. If you just watch on the telecast, you might not think they're actually in Vegas as opposed to last week where they were very clearly in the middle of the desert. So it's a little bit like that. Um, Going to play about 7,500 yards. It is a par 72. It's a Tom Fazio design. It is bent grass green. So I do have a couple of comp courses here, which are just par 72 bent grass greens. Uh, so Medina, is similar in both length and bent grass in the fact that it's bent grass and that it is a par 72. Augusta, of course, shows up here as well. Torrey Pines, a little bit shorter. Uh, that's the north course. And then uh, actually the club at Nine Bridges, which is the course that would have held the CJ Cup this year, uh, also falls on that list as well. Um, because we don't have any history here, I obviously don't have any of the correlated key stats for this week. Uh, So what I'm showing you, like I did a couple of weeks ago, is basically the averages, all PGA Tour events, what stats are the most important, approach the green, always the most important, birdie or better percentage, those rank one and two when you average out everything across the PGA Tour. Um, All right, let's go to the cheat sheet. Let's start talking through this field because... Uh, there's a lot to digest. There are a lot of great players here and the pricing is fairly interesting. Six golfers over $10,000. John Rahm leads the way at 11,300 over Dustin Johnson at 11,100. I know it's only $200 difference, but I was a little bit surprised to see DJ not be the most expensive golfer. I mean, he is, or he did open as, the betting favorite, I think he was eight and a half to one. He had the shortest odds. Uh, but John Rahm gets the nod from DraftKings here. Justin Thomas, 10,800. Roy McElroy, 10,6. Xander Shoffley, 10,3. And Matthew Wolf at a flat 10,000. Does he deserve to be in that $10,000 tier? I certainly think so. In fact, Matthew Wolf, and, and I've talked about this countless times over the past two months and I've, I've said the same thing every single time his game continues to mature week over week so quickly that he's actually outpacing a lot of my models you know because a, a lot of the models that we do you know they incorporate long-term long-term and short-term stuff and because he's improving so quickly it's almost like the model hasn't caught up to him yet. It's really impressive stuff. Uh, got into a playoff last week, ends up losing to Martin Laird, who finally is is victorious after, uh, I believe it was two playoff holes last week. But his game is so sharp. Uh, you put him in a four-round, no-cut event. He has the ability to go super low, like we saw at Shriners last week. He just makes a ton of birdies. He's great for fantasy scoring. Speaking of the no-cut guys, the no-cut guys, Justin Thomas, 10800 probably objectively like the best value of the 10K guys. You could probably put Xander Shoffley in there as well, although JT wins more often than Xander has. Xander is one of the hottest players on tour. I think he's got like eight straight top 25s. He won the shadow leaderboard at the tour championship. That's if you remove all of the starting strokes from everybody. And he finished uh, fifth at the... 
U.S. Open. I mean, the guy's in unbelievable form, and and both Xander and JT thrive in these no cut events. I think uh, JT's won not nine of his thirteen PGA Tour event titles are either short field and or no cut events, um, which usually go hand in hand, obviously. And then uh, Xander, three of his four victories are the same thing. So what we can actually do, because this is a really strong narrative this week, especially because we don't have a lot of other data to go off of, is we can use the holy grail here to try to find some trends and try to find some uh, players to look at and maybe separate some of these guys because it's hard when you have so many great players in the same pricing tier. So this is actually part of the strokes gain database. You can go into the holy grail and I've loaded in the CJ cup field and we can break this down. So, um, you know, just looking, let's start with most recent form, right? And I've been using the restart January 1st. I still think, you know, now we've got a bunch of, of tournaments here. You can see the tournaments that we have loaded in, uh, we can look at this as a way to try to separate some golfers. So if you want to, uh, we can sort this by strokes gain total. And of course, some guys will have more, but uh, no surprise to see Dustin Johnson, 11,100 as the best player since the restart. He's gaining 1.8 strokes per round on the rest of the field. Right behind him, Xander Shoffley. Again, not much of a surprise. Justin Thomas. And then Daniel Berger. That's your first real, uh, I guess, value. Right. I mean, the other three guys are, are three of the most expensive guys on the slate. You know, three of the top five uh, burger, $1,500 cheaper. Interesting option. John Rahm is next. And then Harris English again, there's your, um, there's your value. Now Harris English just missed the cut last week, which was one of the longest active cut streaks on the PGA tour. I imagine he might be a little bit you know, underowned, a little bit forgotten this week, but outside of just one week at the Shriners, which he didn't play all that poorly, right? I think he was five or six under. It was a it was a ridiculous cut line, seven under par to get you to the weekend last week. Uh, you know, forgive and forget with Harris English. Now he's only eighty six hundred dollars. And here's Matthew Wolf. And the the last point, I I could spend a full hour on what I really like about Matthew Wolf, but what I do think, and this is not just for him, but this is for other young guys. Sometimes on the PGA Tour, um, when we go to a place that no one has played or that very few guys have played competitively, it usually helps the younger guys. And if you think about it, you know, Dustin Johnson, um, Webb Simpson's not in this field, but like Webb Simpson's a good example. He's probably played every PGA Tour course five times, 10 times, heck, maybe even 12 times. And, and Matthew Wolf has played these places maybe once. Uh, but he's playing a lot of them for the first time. Well, now you go to a place where everyone's playing it for the first time. It tends to help the younger guys a little bit because they're not behind the eight ball of having years and years of course history and course knowledge under their belt. So um, if you don't like, uh, you know, the range of, of um, January or June 1st, excuse me, since the restart, maybe we, we just want to see how these guys have done historically on Bent grass. So we'll let this load here for a second. It's a lot of data. Let's let it run. There we go. Okay. So bent grass, we can look at this a couple of ways. Uh, John Rahm and Justin Rose have been great on bent grass over the last five or six seasons. But, you know, with putting surfaces, we might just want to look at the putting numbers. So let me sort this by strokes gain putting and see if there's any guys that stand out here. And the first one, uh, you know, the king of 
Las Vegas. Kevin Na, only $6,700, played awesome for three rounds last week before shooting like 77, 76 on Sunday. He was like, uh, I don't know, eight strokes off uh, the field average. Really, really bad. Um, besides that round, he played great last week. He has been phenomenal on bent grass putting over his career. Matthew Fitzpatrick doesn't have as many measured rounds, but he's been good. Adam Hadwin, always a great putter. And there's that name again, Harris English popping up fourth in this field in strokes gained putting on bent grass might be something to Harris English. He's now two for two in some of the ways that we've um, you know dissected and filtered this. And then the last one that I'll do, um, let's try to do the no-cut tournaments. And I will preface this by saying not all of these have strokes gain data, uh, but let's at least try and see what we can get here. So no cut events. I'm just going to try to do these off the top of my head here. You can go through and you can do these um, yourself. Actually, I've got to get off of bent grass here. So let's do, all right, let's see if I can go through these really quickly. Just kind of glancing at them. Hero World Challenge, pretty sure we don't have any data on that, but I'll bring it up. No, we don't. Um, what else do we have here? Century Tournament of Champions. We'll add that one. We'll add CJ Cup. Uh, which this will be the first year of CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. We've got, let's see, Tour Championship. We're going to get into the World Golf events here in a second. I'm just making sure I'm not missing any. So let's do the WGCs, the Zozo. All right, that's at first glance. I think I got a lot of them. If I, if I didn't get all of them, I think I got a lot of them. And again, not all of them have strokes gain data, but like, for example, Rory McIlroy leads the way in terms of strokes gained in these filtered events that I have put into the Holy Grail. So he's played 56 measured rounds in these events in the last six years, averaging nearly two strokes gained per round. Justin Thomas right behind. We've talked about his success in no-cut events. Uh, Xander is fourth. DJ is third. Interesting name. I guess it's only four rounds. Carlos Ortiz, 6,400, only four rounds. Scotty Scheffler's next. He's played 12 rounds, so that's probably three measured events for him. He's 8,800. He's gained 1.2 strokes per round. So you can go through. You can see these names. You can see the guys that are finding success. Obviously, different parts of the world, different times of the year. But when you put the you know top 30 or 78 players all together on the same course and you guarantee them all four rounds who tends to come out on top these are the names that tend to come out on top which i uh, usually the cream rises usually the cream rises to the top at at these events whether it's a wgc whether it's the zozo whether it's the cj cup um you know they're stacked with names and and one of one of the big ones usually wins it sub ten thousand dollar range um you know, Cantlay's kind of interesting because he finishes eighth last week. He burns everybody on Sunday. Uh, pretty uncharacteristic for him to go out and bogey, you know, four of his first six holes. Kind of claws it back, ends up finishing eighth a little bit. Um, you know, obviously plays well in Vegas. This is different than TPC Summerlin, but I do think there's going to be a lot of people who just say, no thanks, Patrick Cantlay this week. Uh, we'll we'll check that projected ownership on Wednesday during the live the live chat. Brooks Kepka's back in the field. I personally have no idea what to do with Brooks. He is uh, a past champion here. I think this is where he actually injured his knee the first time. 
Uh, and now he's kind of going through the same issues and rehabbing it again. Really, really worried about him. I'll take a wait and see approach. But then you get, um, you know, the Terrell Hatton, right? Terrell Hatton wins on the European tour last week. He's got to make the trek all the way over and uh, try to play well again. As much as I love Hatton, I think that's a really tough task to come from Wentworth to Vegas and 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 try to play well. Uh, he's phenomenal. I love him long term. He's now won three of his last 13 events, but probably going to be a little bit underweight on him this week. Uh, you want to buy back in on Colin Morikawa? I mean, here's a Vegas resident, misses the cut last week, burns everybody. He's now missed two cuts in a row pretty shockingly. Remember, he had the longest you know cut streak to start your career outside of Tiger Woods. Um, he was like five or six under last week. I mean, it's really hard. There's two ways you miss a cut, right? You play really bad and miss the cut, or like he didn't play all that poorly. Probably made a, you know, a couple of strokes he didn't really love, made a, a, an extra bogey or two, and he's on the outside looking in. I mean, you saw what Matthew Wolf did. Matthew Wolf, uh, I don't know what number he made the cut at, but then you you have one crazy Saturday, you get yourself into contention, and it's a completely different story. Like Colin Morikawa, not that far away from potentially being that guy. I think he's uh, piles up into the, the, the buy low candidates. Um, Tony Finau? Still, as of recording this, in the field. Remember, he withdrew last week because he tested positive for COVID. I don't. I assume he's gone through the protocols. I think you have to test negative two days in a row. I think to get back to you know twenty four hours apart to get back in, uh, which I presume he did. Obviously, we'll update this and get him out if uh, if he ends up not playing. But as of recording this, uh, he is he is in the field now. That gets us to who I think is probably. Uh, you know, maybe that best value, right? Like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say he's the best value. I think Daniel Berger has proven to us countless times uh, over the past six months, um, he's the real deal. And he deserves to be in the same conversation as a lot of these guys that are priced higher than him. You know, Patrick Cantlay, uh, Terrell Hatton, Brooks Kepka currently in his form. Like, Daniel Berger certainly should be in those conversations. But the guy that I really am like kind of convincing myself might win this or might be the best value is Sung J.M. He's $8,700. Let's jump over to the Strokes Gain database and talk through what I see from Sung Jay and why I think he is so good for this week. I mean, we know it was a struggle for him in the restart. Um, we know that, right? It was it was really bad. He couldn't He couldn't strike the ball as well as he was doing before. Uh, before the break, but look what he did last week. Uh, he gained 9.2 strokes from Tita Green. It was the third best number in the field last week. I think only James Hahn and uh, Martin Laird were actually better. So he gains 9.2 strokes from Tita Green. The last time he did that was the Arnold Palmer Invitational right here in, in, in March, in which he finished third, and the week before that, which is when he won at the Honda Classic. So he's getting back into that elite ball striking, that elite tee to green game that we saw early in 2020. Now I saw he was 45 to 1. He's I think I said he's 8,700 or 8,900 on DraftKings. This, to me, feels like trying to be early on Sungjae because I think we're, we're trending right now at the U S open. He gained nearly eight strokes from T to green. That was three starts ago. Now he gains over nine in his last start. It feels like that trend is really going in the right direction for Sungjae. I think he can contend. I think he could win this. Now you look back down here. I, you know, Sungjae might be 
the last guy I think can win this further down. You know, we talk about the cream rising to the top. I still think, you know, Harris Inglis showed up a bunch on our, uh, on all the kind of ways that we filtered the data. He's 8,600. And I think Louie's great. You know, Louie was a guy that I said, we, I think we, we need to consider buying back into last week after he WD'd uh, two weeks ago. That would have been Sanderson, right? So he WD's before the thing even starts, doesn't end up playing it. Uh, so now he's gone 19th at the Shriners, which in thanks to a really great final round, he finished third at the U.S. Open. He's got four consecutive top 25 finishes. We can joke about what kind of win equity that he actually has, especially in this type of event. But Louis Ustay is an $8,500 feels like a really solid anchor in a lot of our uh, in a lot of potential lineups. He's been he's been playing really well at the moment. Ricky Fowler. Um, I'm going to try to pull up something on Ricky Fowler real quick because I alluded to this earlier. Let me see if I can find the actual scorecard. All right, here's Ricky's scorecard from the Shriners last week. And uh, he goes out, shoots a 67 on Thursday. He's got everybody with the warm and fuzzies. Then he shoots a 74 on Friday and misses the cut. But I, I would argue, and like I mentioned earlier, there are a couple of ways to miss cuts. Uh, the way that Ricky does it is he play he goes five over on two holes on 16 and 17 on Friday. So five over on those two holes. This is a round that he still made. I mean, he made four birdies in. He made a couple other bogeys on a par five. He was already out of it by that point. You know, he he, he um I think he started on the let me see where he started. I think he started on ten. So by the time he got to eight and nine, he was already out of it. He bogeys those last two. I think you could make a case for this just going awry on two. I mean, 16, I think he put a couple in the water, right? Yeah. So he goes, you know, hits his uh, approach in once he hits his approach in twice. I mean, he's dead at this point. It's a par five. He takes a triple. It's like the easiest hole on the course. He's, he's losing four shots of the field on one hole. He backs it up by hitting his next tee shot in the water on 17. I'd almost rather a guy miss a cut like this, where you have two blow up holes you played the rest of the, I mean, Thursday was great. You played the rest of Friday. Okay. I think this is maybe the type of guy I would want to buy back in on. Maybe it's not Ricky necessarily. I think it could be. He's $8,100. I think it's a pretty good price. He looked good at some points. He putted really well on Thursdays using that new putter now. Um, but I think there's different ways to miss a cut and I'd rather you miss it like Ricky did instead of, you know, just shooting like two back-to-back rounds of one over par. Now, under you know $8,000, if you really do want to get some of the top-tier guys in there, you're going to have to play some of these guys. I think it's safe to say Brian Harmon is an option. He contended for a long time last week at the Shriners, has been you know piling up top 25 finishes. He's finished fifth at this event before. Uh, Siwoo Kim, obviously a more volatile option at 7,100. Played well again last week, has, has popped off at the Wyndham Championship. Um, you know, has finished basically in the top 25 here each of the last two years. Again, different course, different country, different part of the world. We are not in Korea this week, but when you get 78 of the top players together and you play four rounds, there is some similarities to it, um, which is kind of also why sneaky little Cam Smith at $6,800 is interesting. I was, uh, he was a fade last week for me. He literally was one of the, one of my top five fades. 
Uh, he played okay, right? He finished he finished twenty fourth. I think that's fine. He, I don't know if he paid himself off. I can't remember what his uh, what his salary was last week, but now he's got a little bit more momentum. He's got a handful of top twenty fives, even you know in the past um, five starts for him. But look at his history at the CJ Cup: third, seventh, third. Uh, you're probably not going to find better history than that. Again, it's not nine bridges. It's not Korea. I get that, but similarities in the field composition certainly go a long way. What I want to do to find a little bit more value is I'm going to go back to, there's two ways I'm going to do this. I'm going to go back to the strokes gain database. I'm going to go back into the Holy Grail. We're going to run some of these numbers again. We're going to do it um, since the restart. Again, that's kind of just my favorite way to look at recent form. We're going to bring back all grasses. We're going to bring back all tournaments. We're going to look at this field. I think I've got this set up the way that I want it to. Uh, And then we're just going to sort them by salary here. And we're just going to go sub 7K or sub maybe 7,500 and see where some guys pop off. You know, Kevin Kisner gaining nearly nine tenths of a stroke per round. Russell Henley, who if he could putt would be awesome, right? I mean, from T to green, he's been phenomenal. He's gained in total 1.2 strokes uh, on average per round. That's probably the best of anybody under 7,500. Let me see. Yeah, looks like it. So you've got, uh, you know, Russell Henley at 1.2, Kisner at 0.89, Norin at 0.85, Harmon at 0.8 and Siwoo at 0.86. Oh, and Mac Hughes 0.86. Okay, right. Mac Hughes was probably the name I was looking for. Um, and Brendan Steele. So those are really the 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 five-ish, six-ish guys that significantly stand out. Mac Hughes even more interesting uh, because of what, the events that he's done this at. He's been on such a good run. I'll 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 just show you Hughes before we go over and make a um, make a custom model. So. He did it. Oh, and he finished third at Punta Cana with no shot link. So actually his numbers would probably be a lot better than that if we had shot link data on him because we miss out on a third place finish. But look at this. So North, so the last three events of the previous season, he goes 13th at the Northern Trust, 10th at the BMW, 14th at the Tour Championship. And this includes the starting strokes. And I think he finished in a tie for 25th. So he moved himself up in position, I think he was like seventh if you um, if you remove the starting stroke. So it has been a great run. It's probably actually a bit underrated because we don't have the shot link data from Punta Cana. And then you look at some of the other events that he's had success at, sixth at the Memorial. I mean, how, how difficult of a field and of a course is that going to be? He finished second at Honda. I mean, he shows up. He can absolutely show up in big spots playing really well. We haven't seen him in a couple weeks. I think he's probably... Uh, one of the better options under 7,000. Uh, and it might be even more disguised because of the lack of shot link data from, from Putacana. All right, let's do a custom model and get out of here. Um, so this week, again, we don't have the key stats. So we're doing a lot of guessing. Uh, so here's, here's my guess at this. Um, I want to take into account that this is a second shot course. So I'm going to go pretty heavily on strokes gained approach. I'm going to put 25 or I'm sorry, 35% there. I'm going to take, um, I want distance, but I also want strokes gained off the T, but I don't, they, they're obviously somewhat related, but not perfectly related. Right. So I want to kind of split my, 
my weights here. So I'm going to do 15 on di- uh, 15 on distance and 25 on strokes gained off the tee. It leaves me with 25, which I'm going to put on um, birdie or better. And we'll see what happens here. I, 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 you know, obviously this is just kind of an educated guess. Let's see what the model pumps out. Yeah, no, no two big surprises here. My top three golfers, and it's very, very close. Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas. No real surprise there. Scotty Scheffler, 8,800. A good value when you look at some of these other guys. Tony Finau is my fifth. I'll obviously keep an eye on his status. Patrick Cantlay, my sixth. Hideki Matsuyama, my seventh. Uh, Victor Hovland, haven't mentioned his name now in this show, is probably my, what is that, 10th or so ranked golfer. When I start to get into real value, my first guy that pops up under 8,000 is Joaquin Neiman. I like that. I always like that he's a kind of a, you know, standout, really, you know, um, really uh, highly volatile, high, high, high ceiling type golfer. I like that. So realistically, you know, probably hard for me to, to use too much of this. You know, as much as I love the data, I think you also have to realize when you don't have the data. And since we don't have any Shadow Creek data, uh, hard to translate over to the model here. So I think it's going to be a lot of gut feel. I think it's going to be a lot of hand-built lineups this week. I think that as usual, I think one of the big studs ends up winning this. Um, going to try to get as many of them in my lineups as possible with uh, you know probably a stars and scrubs type approach this week as opposed to going more balanced and see what happens. But it should be a lot of fun. I'm wishing you guys the best of luck this week. Tweet me at Rick Rungood or leave a comment below. Thanks for everything. Talk to you soon.